0: Welcome to a Canadian investing in the US, a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of a Canadian investing in the US. This week my guest is Linda Labbe. Linda, tell me a little bit about yourself.
1: Um I'm 68, I'm a grandmother, and um I used to I teach karate and I'm only going to teach for two more years. So I was looking for something to do in my retirement yep. that would allow me to travel, meet cool people, and, and interact in a useful way in different communities all over the world and not have to pay for it.
0: How do you do that?
1: <laughs> I find investment properties in the States and I get to travel all over the world. Yep. In fact, this year, um, my business is sending me to England for 10 days. That's awesome. (laughs) I have three meet and greets um, organized and advertised. And because of the investment climate in England, we're thinking that a lot of people that may have been investing in the mainland Europe will be pulling their money back out and might be open to uh, being JV partners. And heading this way because that way, we can use uh, my existing LLCs. They don't have to worry about structure and they can just be uh flip the money rather than flipping houses. So we're going to go into areas, set up meetings and see what turns up.
0: That's, that sounds so much fun.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And I'm not paying for it. Yeah. Because it's being, I'm using pre-tax dollars, of course. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, My business is set up to do exactly what I wanted to do. And in the middle of this, my hubby had a car accident and has post-traumatic stress disorder. So we've also replaced his income.
0: That's incredible. That's a great story. Yeah.
1: it's, It's super. And it just takes, people give up on themselves too easy in this business. Or they try and be somebody else. They go to a meeting and talk to a famous person and try and do exactly what that person's doing. And guess what? It doesn't work. You know why? Why? They're not them. And everybody brings to the table a different set of skills. And if they don't develop their skills and have a reason for doing this that is bigger than the reasons for not, they're not going to do it. I want to travel. I have been to so many cities in the States. I have met people and I've seen the real throb of the city, not the tourist attractions in the malls.
0: Yeah.
1: In fact, I haven't seen any malls. I hate them. I'd rather find the little wee out of the corner place that the locals go to than tramps around the mall with a million other tourists. Right. (laughs) And and we found a place that we're going to put a second home for the winter, but we're only going as far as Dayton. Yeah, There's a little town there called Yellow Springs and it's just like Niagara-on-the-Lake.
0: Really, that sounds awesome.
1: Oh yeah, everybody should go there if they get a chance. It is absolutely cool. They they still sell tie-dye t-shirts at stalls. (laughs) And when you um, do work on a house there, you don't put in granite countertops and take down the wallpaper. You leave the wallpaper if it's not damaged, and you put laminate countertops because they want the '70s look.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I was thinking you're going the angle because I always heard to just depending on what area you're in to not over renovate, right? Because sometimes you go and put the granite countertops and you put like hardwood floors, and it doesn't change the rent at all. It's still the same price. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but this is different. This is for like the the whole. The whole
1: the, 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 the whole town yeah. is 70s parked, yep. down to the tie-dye t-shirts, and when you renovate, you keep in the spirit, so the funny wallpaper with the little floral squirrels stays on the walls. You don't strip it off. So it goes with what we're talking about today, which is how to find a place. And not only do you need to find the place, you need to research the place you find so that you know exactly what you need to do with your renovation in that place.
0: Yeah, so does it matter, since we're gonna start right into this, does it matter to um, if we're doing a flip or a burr or a, any of the different kinds of you know, lease options, rent to own, whichever method you're doing, does it matter what market we go into? Is there certain markets that are better than others?
1: it matters but not in the way people think it does okay for example if you're going to Burr, you're going to be renting and you don't want to be in a state where you have to pay people to leave their your property if they haven't paid your rent for six months so you don't want to be stuck in a state state where you have to do cash for keys after you evict someone you pay them to move because they didn't pay the rent for six months Right. or you're forced to take the roof off the house to get the squatters out. So you want to check the loss and you don't want to be doing a $500,000 flip in a neighborhood where all of the other houses are worth $100,000. And this is the one huge big house in the neighborhood because your target market is probably very small. Yeah. So in searching your areas, having the right area for the right project is important like you don't want an airbnb on a country road in the middle of nowhere because maybe only one or two people are going to want to come and stay there yep so um or unless you're in a tourist area and it's a log cabin on a mountain and people want to stay there and they don't care that they just went up this crazy country road because they took their 4 by 4s in. Right. Or they you do. <laughs> so what's wrong in one area is right in another area. So you have to decide what you want to do. You have to do some research. For example, if I'm going to flip, I like to flip a house that's in the middle value of that zip code so if the numbers in the zip code go from 100 dollars to $300,000, my flips are going to be in the $150,000 range. I want to take a look at how fast houses are selling in that zip code. Um, I, and if they're selling in 120 days, I probably don't want to flip there
0: no because once you're done you're gonna be your holding cost is high on a fix and flip loan so you're gonna be paying that for you could blow like 10 grand or more on uh, just your
1: Your interest costs
0: yeah just carrying yeah
1: um i want to be in an area where um the houses are selling in less than 60 days 60 days being the top because the problem people make is they do a flip in September and they took a look at the numbers and they well wow, the houses are selling here in 30 days in July and August. And they start their flip in September. It's going to take three months to do October, November, December, mm-hmm. our house is going to hit the market in January. And they never think that the market in January, the comps and everything they had are not going to be the same unless they go back a year take a look at the summer stuff a year before, the winter stuff the year before, figure out what the difference is and apply it to what they have now. And in some areas it's okay. For example, if you're in Detroit or Dayton or um, Indianapolis or Cleveland, especially Cleveland, they get snow in the winter, just like you do in Toronto. (laughs) who wants to pack and move in a blizzard voluntarily it's not going to happen and not many companies transfer people in the middle of january so if you can have your house ready for the first of december you have a chance because there are some january transfers but you've got to be prepared Like, for example, right now, we're looking for fix and flips really hard because it's the perfect time to start them.
0: Yeah,
1: We're going to start them in February. They're going to take their their trusty three months, even though the contractor says he can do it in four weeks. It's going to take three months. And they're going to hit the market just at the right time. And the other thing you have to be aware of are the weather conditions. If you're in the north and you're doing a fix and flip and they say, eight weeks, they mean eight weeks that they can work. They can't work if they're waiting for permits. They can't work if they can't get to the house and there's been a foot of snow. They can't work in freezing rain. And they can't work if they're drunk over holidays.
0: (laughs) That's the best excuse.
1: Um, You can just figure the two weeks at Christmas are can't work times.
0: Yeah, no.
1: you are going to say they're going to work. And maybe one energetic person is sitting there by himself. Now, how is he going to put the drywall up? I don't know. So if they're at a job that one person can't do, you better just send them home for the holidays and say, see you in January when you guys are all sober. Yeah.
0: Um, And and you're mentioning like the, the winter seasonal stuff. There's the opposite of the summer seasonal problems in the South, right?
1: Yes. In the South, if it's 104 degrees out and they got to do the roof or 110 degrees out and they got to do the roof they can't do the roof because they cook even the spray painters don't work really well at 110 degrees in the north we can put heaters in our houses make sure the heat's on but in the south that they've got outside work to do and it's too hot um They do cement, not asphalt, for their driveways. Probably for that reason, they can get it down pretty fast. But you know how fast you have to put cement down if it's 110 degrees?
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: And how smooth you're not going to get it? They have to put water on top of their stuff that they're putting down in order to keep it damp enough to work with it. (laughs) So you have to be aware of the conditions in your market. So... When you're, you're, you're brand new and you're starting out, um, work in packs. Because the other thing is, if you're one investor and you're gonna do one house a year, how much impact do you have on your nice contractor? If you're working with a tribe and there are 20 of you and you're gonna do 10 or 15 houses a year, as many as the contractor can cope with, don't you think he's going to treat you better? Yep. Yeah. Um, too many people think that they have to work by themselves. And you'll have one person that's really great on the phone. And another person that stumbles like a bumbling idiot. Well, it's a great person on the phone. And the bubbling idiot is probably good with math and can run super numbers and does great online research. Do what you do partner up with people that do what you don't do. Um, And you can probably do one, become a specialist and do one thing really, really, really well. So do it and market it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Play to your strengths and learn to do the things you're weak in better, but don't have your whole business reliant on something you can't do because you're going to learn. Like if you can't, talk on the phone don't stop but if your business is reliant on you talking on the phone you best find a mouthpiece while you're being bad (laughs) and then (laughs) practice with your grandma your grandfather your aunts and uncles and every single friend on your facebook page yep so shoot blanks yep and then when you're good i mean My puppy is wonderful. You can practice with her anytime. It's a Shih Tzu, loves people talking to it. But if you can hold, if you've got a two-year-old, practice with them. And if you can hold their attention with your voice tone, you know you've got it. If you're talking in a monotone, the person on the other end is going to hang up. Yep. Doesn't matter how much you've got to say, you need at least two minutes of talk time. So, when you're looking for a market, figure out what you're going to do, or look at a market and figure out what you can do there. And search out 10, 20 markets, not just one. Don't say, I am going to go here. So, search out 20 possibilities. I still have 20 possibilities on my list that are in various degrees of being done. Um, I got Atlanta open yesterday because one of my buyers has half a team there, which happens to be the half a team I don't have. Amazing. (laughs) So, and he doesn't have time to use his half a team, and he wishes he could use them more so that, He could keep the contractors busy all year round and have them available for his projects, but he doesn't have enough projects to do. So now I have Atlanta open and I have had some great projects there that are rentals that I haven't been able to pull the gun on because I didn't trust the contractor I had to do a project that big. And now I have one. So I'm happy and I'm gonna run Atlanta because I'll keep people busy all of the time, and he's only looking for this pile of houses. Well, I have people that need all of these houses. He does all flips. He doesn't care what the rent is. When you're burying, you care what the rent is. The after repair value, can you could buy a house for $100,000. After repair value can be $400,000. But if that rent house only rents for $1,000 a month, you can't burr it out because you're not going to have your rent ratio.
0: Yeah, you're going to lose money every month.
1: <laughs> they're, not, they're not even going to finance it for you because most companies <clears throat> at Burr require a certain percentage <clears throat> uh, rent to money borrowed. And people <clears throat> going to Burr houses half the time don't even pay attention to the rent. They go, oh my gosh, i only paid $50,000 for this house. And the after repair value is a hundred thousand dollars. I can burn this out easy. The houses in the area are renting at seven fifty a month. Or se-
0: yeah,
1: it's yeah. not gonna. Yes, yeah. it's not gonna work. Yeah, like you can't burn it out if you haven't got enough money to cash flow after you're done, unless you have a really super deal that's gonna pay itself off over a short period of time.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. So. If you get a, an owner finance, it's a super deal, and you're using almost all of your money to pay it off because you've got a really good interest rate, then the bird's still good yeah. because you're, you're owning more of the properties, especially if you can sell them off one at a time um, and pay it down because you can trinkle a couple out, use it use them to pay off the loan and have the others free and clear. One of our favorite strategies is to buy two duplexes at a time. Finish those.
0: Yeah. Okay, go ahead.
1: Let's say you pay $60,000 all in for two duplexes that are renting at 450 a month aside. side. Yeah. So one duplex is renting for $900 a month yeah. and you have $30,000 cash in. Yeah. That house will sell as a turnkey property Probably fifty thousand dollars, and the buyer will be pretty happy with that. Yep. You take the fifty thousand dollars, you apply it to your loan, which was sixty thousand dollars. You now own your next one with ten thousand dollars in. Why yep. bird out? You've got ten thousand dollars in a property that is paying you nine hundred dollars a month. Or bird out and take the profit. And you don't pay taxes on profit. Yep. So there's so many things that are creative that you can do with this business. That's what makes it exciting. So we're looking for a place. We've got our 20 places. We've checked the the laws so we know which of them we can do rentals in because we know which states don't have silly laws. For example, we work in New Jersey. uh, And... um, we only do fix and flips there.
0: I was going to say. <laughs>
1: <We> only <laughs> yeah. do fix and flips. I don't even touch California. Um, I just put it off as a crazy place where the buyers want to buy out. Yeah. Because if you're doing a back-to-back close in California, you need to hold it for three days.
0: Maybe you should address why you wouldn't do a burr or uh, something else in New Jersey.
1: Um, or uh, because, so I don't, I don't... because it's a cash-for-key state.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and it's, so I'm, I work in some states that are known for being not uh, tenant friendly, but they're not so bad as their cash for keys. I love Ohio. If you have a problem with a tenant, they're gone in thirty to forty-five days if you've got a good system.
0: Yep, yep. It's the same thing in uh, Indy. Almost the same. Indianapolis.
1: The same. We we use because yep. oh, the only problem with Indianapolis is everybody and his mother is in Indianapolis and it's made the wholesalers just a little overzealous in their fees.
0: Yep. You've, you've heard me rant about this on the show is that, uh, as, as soon as some of these markets show up multiple times on these top places to invest, you've already missed it. Whenever they yep. show up as top places to invest, that's when everyone goes in and it makes it really hard. That's why my, Huntsville, Alabama is so hard to buy anything anymore. Cause it showed up on a bunch of these lists. Now I got some great appreciation, but I, it's hard to get new stuff. It's really, yeah. really, really hard.
1: Yeah. The, the problem is some people's research is finding a list and looking at the top three. Yeah. That's all they do. They, they don't do their own research. I'm looking, if I'm looking for, um, to buy, um, Burr properties, rental units, i'm looking for a place where there are a lot of under a lot of rental units that people haven't taken care of where there are a lot of board ups where there are at least five years worth of uh, products and w- that are within a hundred and a two-hour drive of something on the list okay so you're you kind of have the benefits of the Uh, For example, my favorite, Dayton, is on the same type of crosswords that Indianapolis is, north, south, east, west. Um, It's sitting quite ignored, um, an hour and a half from India, an hour and a half from Cincinnati, and an hour from Cleveland. So as the markets there and the housing becomes expensive and businesses are going to look to start up, are they going to go into a really competitive market or are they going to move someplace close where there's plenty of labor, lots of affordable housing and still the good transportation.
0: So for Dayton, what kind of market, what, like, cause we were talking about different methods. Is that a method, like a market you do Airbnb, a lease option, a burr, a flip, what just, what, what's Dayton, what would you do say is the ideal for Dayton?
1: There are, um, if you're looking for little cash cows, the thirty thousand dollar house that rents for a thousand dollar a month, you can find them in Dayton. If you have the last piece of the puzzle. A Property? Team.
0: Yeah, oh the whole thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like you can find the best site in the world. And it is a and then people go, So look at the great site I found. And they run in there and they find a really good deal. And then they go, um, um um that's why I said you narrow down twenty places. And ultimately where you work is where you can get a whole team in the place. So then you get your whole team in the place. And you re- realize by now, I still haven't talked about selling a house or putting a house under contract. Yeah. Because once you've got your whole team in the place, then you got to go find buyers. I get so tired of these people who are advertising houses for sale and they have zero buyers in that area. I can find a really good spot, put a great team in place and not have a single buyer that wants to go there. I don't use it. Wholesaling is legal as long as you don't intend to dump the house at the end of the 10 day inspection period if you don't find a buyer. The 10 day inspection period is an inspection period where you send a building inspector in you get the numbers focused in and make sure they're right it's not intended as a shopping expedition right that's why wholesaling is starting to get outlawed in some states in ohio you have to use it right or you're in trouble you find a house you have a buyer the buyer then does an inspection for 10 days if the numbers don't turn out right, we send the house back. Because wholesalers as a whole um, tend to overestimate the value of their house and underestimate the construction costs. Yes. You don't buy a house because the wholesaler said. Yes. And a I, lot of yeah. a lot of people will go on auctions and buy a house because the auctioneer said. Yeah. We were on an auction with one of my buyers um with uh 2 days ago the after repair value of the house was $400,000 and we were willing to pay $100,000 for it. And i had somebody walk around the outside and inspect it and in the roof, the windows, the siding were good but we couldn't get in because it was tenanted and we had no information on the tenants. Yeah. So we 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 dropped out of the auction at a hundred thousand dollars, because if those tenants had a a year lease and and he would have had to hold that house after paying a hundred thousand dollars for twelve months until he could get the tenants out.
0: Yeah, and the other thing is like when you look at those auction sites, like uh they never ever show you the inside of the property. The no. first, it's always they're exactly the same every single time. Picture the front picture down the road picture down the road the other way that's it and it's and i had a property in huntsville that we put under contract and we did our we it was before the foreclosure we got it in pre-foreclosure went through did our whole due diligence found out the foundation was crumbling and because it was a mansion hundred thousand dollars to rebuild a foundation inside of the other foundation and it went to auction and sold for like two hundred thousand dollars and we're like the after repair value is like three hundred and something and i'm like they're done. Whoever bought it, it's done. But they didn't know. They they, would, they had to buy it randomly from this auction site. But they didn't have the ability we did to get in there ahead of time. But oh, my goodness. my value
1: my my if I'm doing auctions is one quarter of the after repair value. Okay. So if I end up with a surprise, I'm not done. <laughs> I have even if if. if <clears throat> someone had bought that house for one quarter of the after repair value, that would have been maybe $80,000? Even if they had the $100,000, they wouldn't have made a pile of money, but they wouldn't have been done. Yeah. So I try to stay out of the done category. You have to be very, very conservative.
0: Thanks for listening. Uh, this is a pretty long interview, so I broke it into two parts. The next part will be coming out right after this one. Uh, Should flow right into it. Thanks, everybody.